Hello, everyone. Welcome to Narcissism Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Yitz Epstein. I'm a narcissistic abuse life coach. Today, I'll be talking about whole object relations and object constancy. So these are uh, terms in psychodynamic theory that discover that discuss the um, developmental issues with somebody who has had a parent, a caregiver who has lacked attunement, uh, the ability to uh, mirror their child and ultimately soothe the uh, child so that they can ultimately become a healthy, a develop a healthy sense of self, um, and ultimately an adult who can relate to others in a way that's uh, functional, healthy, and engaged in relationships that are long-lasting. Narcissistic abusers suffer from, suffer from developmental trauma, which is the underpinnings of NPD, Narcissistic Personality Disorder. Because of the lack of attunement from primary caregivers, uh, parents, they will lack the ability to see their parents and later their significant others as having good and some negative aspects to themselves. This is a defense mechanism called splitting. The child splits the parent into having mostly good qualities, which is the parent the child identifies with, and removes the negative and abusive qualities. And this is done uh, because ultimately speaking, a child cannot entertain the fact that the parent is in fact abusive and abandoning. They need to deny those aspects of themselves. They need to protect the parent really to protect themselves from having a uh, from facing the true horrors of having a narcissistically abusive and abandoning parent because of the because of this the child will have difficulty seeing primary objects which we say objects here but we're referring to primary caregivers as whole uh, and later they will not see their partners as whole either because this becomes a way of perceiving people and relationship pattern to the world and this is why narcissistic abusers punish uh, the way they did, the reason to do this is because they are disobeying Sorry, when victims disobey or disappoint them, they become all bad. And ultimately, they need to be punished for their bad behavior. And this is really how they were treated growing up. They were treated without any cause or without any reason so terribly. Um, they came to believe within that they were uh, that there was something bad that needed to be removed. This is why they feel incredible shame because they feel like they don't really understand why they're being treated this way. They've come to believe that it's some inner shameful part of themselves, which they then deny and shove down to their subconscious this is why they abuse their uh, victims in the same way they were abused. They just need, they feel the need to destroy those aspects of themselves that, are, that they interpret as bad. When you're complying and being a supply, then you're good. You're, you're okay, and they will ultimately um, be, see you as, as all good. Uh, there's no healthy integration. There's no some bad, some good. It's all bad or all good. Very black and white thinking. They can't see how this person is still a good person, and because they are entirely emotionally driven, they operate largely out of their emotions. They thus believe at this moment, whichever moment it is, that their partner is, is the enemy uh, or their best friend, um, much like you see in the borderline personality disorder, and needs to be reprimanded. People who have been in narcissistically abusive, abusive relationships often describe their partner as having a Jekyll and Hyde relation, uh, behavior, sort of a, a quick efflux from highs and lows to kind, compassionate, and then abusive one moment they're acting like everything is perfect and that you're the love of life, but something switches and a monster appears and they become very angry, cruel, and threatening. I want to quote from an article here uh, by Amy Lowe. Uh, this is an, uh, an article on Psych Central. A fantastic article. It's titled Object Constancy, Understanding the Fear of Abandonment in the Borderline Personality Disorder. It says here, object constancy is a psychodynamic concept and we can think of it as the emotional equivalence of object permanence. To develop this skill, we mature into an understanding that our caregiver is simultaneously a loving presence and a separate individual we could walk we could walk away from. And who could walk away from us? 
Rather than needing to be with them all the time, we have an internalized image of our parents' love and care. So even when they are temporarily out of sight, we still know they are loved, that we are loved and supported. In adulthood, object constancy allows us to trust that our bond with those who are close to us remain whole, even though they are not physically around, picking up the phone, replying to our texts, or even when they're upset at us or frustrated. With object constancy, absence does not mean disappointment or, dis- or, or abandonment, only temporary distance. So the lack of object constancy in the narcissist mind, mind mean, means that they cannot cope with the idea that the person who they are dating doesn't exactly fit into the idea of how they think they should be, which is why they either idealize them, and then when they don't fit into the idealized state, then they demean, devalue, and ultimately destroy. This is why they can leave in a sudden instance and suddenly switch, uh, leaving the victim becoming very, uh, very confused and heartbroken. Their attachment to people is a sort of what can you or have you done for me lately. The inability to build a mental construct that is accurate based on how the partner teaches the, the, the uh, other partner how they want to be treated and who they are and relate to others in an accurate way is because they're preoccupied with projecting the fear of abandonment or exposure of their shame and need to control the threat at all times. This is why they're extremely controlling. This is why there's constant image control, constant how do I appear because appearance much like a child, they believe the appearance is everything. Adults, we have the ability to look below the surface. Narcissistic abusers are still operating out of right now, very primitive mindset. They need to be able to run and be on the move if they're going to be abandoned. They, and therefore, they're not going to become attached, dependent, vulnerable with others, allowing love to sprout and happen. Uh, this would be suicide for them because ultimately, the last time they let go, the last time they put their gifts down. They start to open up about themselves. They were abused and traumatized. They have a good reason to be this way. Um, This is not about demonizing the narcissist, um, but this is ultimately to get an understanding of why they are the way they are. Um, Again, I'm not defending their behavior, but ultimately this is the underpinnings of this personality disorder. It's It's important to understand why they do what they do in order not to take it personally. I want to give some tips on how to deal with having developmental trauma. Everyone's got it. There's no one who does not have a developmental trauma. Some people have it less. Some people have it more. Some people have it extreme. We all have a choice, though, no matter how traumatized you are, um, to heal and to consciously uh, face one's wounds and developmental traumas. We all need to do this, um, which is if you have been abused severely, sometimes you are in a, a, a better spot, so to speak, because you're forced to deal with it. And once forced to deal with it, you can fully heal. Someone who is narcissistic is making a choice. Make no mistake about it. It is, a, it is a choice, which is why they won't change. If you love them, if you try to be there for them and cater to them, they cannot heal unless they choose to heal. Victims make this mistake thinking they can love their abuser to health, that they can change, that the abuser will change with time. And the answer is they can with time, but only by choice. The choice is choosing to face oneself and heal and, and develop the life skills like object relations and object constancy. One of the issues that oftentimes victims run into is that there's not many therapists or people who deal with developmental trauma, and the reason for this is because they are not necessarily aware of how to heal it within themselves. You have to find somebody who has done this work within, and when they, once they understand how to do it within, they can then help somebody else do this. This is deep. This is difficult. This is soul-searching work, which is why most therapists who deal with trauma deal with the symptoms, and I'm not calling them out, but I am saying this is something that I have come to notice, 
And it's important to understand that who you choose as a therapist is important on your healing journey, so choose wisely. It's important for some, to find someone who understands unconscious trauma, who can help the victim develop a healthy, integrated whole sense of self and learn how to self-soothe and ultimately develop a self so that they can relate to others in a healthy way, in an accurate way. One of the things that I do is I work with a mind map therapy system that is designed to help you identify your developmental traumas and help integrate them and become a whole self. This is based on the mind map therapy system is based on John Bowlby's attachment theory, Murray Bowen's family systems theory, and Freud's psychodynamic theory to help you understand why you are compulsively repeating your traumas and why you cannot relate to others. Oftentimes, you don't even understand why you're being narcissistic. You've been called a narcissist and you're not even sure why. Uh, the reason is, is because it's unconscious. You're unaware. You have a shadow. You have a sense of part of yourself that's traumatized, but you do not understand how it's playing a role. We need to identify that, bring it to the surface, and heal. Please do reach out if you're struggling. I would love to help you along your healing journey. I can be reached 252-696-4852. I can be reached by email. That's yitz, Y-I-T-Z, at psychologicalhealingcenter.com. I offer a free 15-minute consult. Please do reach out if you're struggling. I'd love to help you identify if the mind map therapy system is one that'll work for you. And again, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It's an honor to bring you this information today. And until next time, all the best.